Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Carry On Cast. This is the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where you get to hear the pastors talk about the upcoming preaching text and what's going on around Easter Lutheran Church uh, at this time of our of our uh, season here together. It is a joy to be with all of you again today. I'm Pastor Eric, and today I am here with... Pastor Kevin, good morning. Good morning. It's great to be together. Uh, we are... Well into our summer schedule at this point, so we are worshiping at 9 a.m. outside at the lake this year and uh, 10 a.m. indoors at the hill. And I guess that's a switch, a uh, direct flip opposite from previous years, but but uh, it's been working out really nice to be uh, gathering a little earlier before the, the heat of the of the day really gets going. So 9 a.m., bring your chairs or blankets. Uh, there are a few chairs there as well if, if uh, that works for you. Um, and then 10 a.m. indoors at the Hill. So um, now uh, we are also, for the month of June, we are covering um, uh, a new theme. It is Why We Worship. Why? Yeah. Why do we worship? Why, why that's Kevin? A, that's a great <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah. And I said good morning, but you know, this could you could be listening to this any time of day. Oh, good point. It is crazy nice outside, right? Yes. I'm oh my goodness. You because I basically want you to tell me about the time <laughs> that you went out on your boat recently, right? Oh, we finally made it out on the boat. See, this is summer in Minnesota, yes, right? Yes, yes. My wife beat my son to water skiing. My my son, <laughs> both my boys went to my in-laws cabin to help put in the dock. Yes. And uh, my wife and I stayed here and we were able to get out on the boat and my wife water skied where up at the cabin they didn't have the boat in so my son was jealous see I mean I feel like you know water skiing is a religious experience right putting a dock in I've heard is a religious right there there's that too it kind of (laughs) kind of relates to our reading today of encouraging one another to good works Um, but yeah, yeah, walking on water by way of water skiing in Minnesota. <laughs> we just hope that you're getting outside right now when you're listening oh my gosh, to this. Yeah. Get outside, please. Please. It's good for your head. It's good for your heart. It's Go for, for a walk, walk. Sit on a patio. Yes, exactly. It's been absolutely gorgeous. Yep. Yeah, and I think we have Kevin to thank because I, I believe that he's brought some <laughs> California weather. This happened right when he got here. <laughs> Uh, Coincidence? No, no, when I first got here, it was a giant snowstorm on Palm Sunday. So, <laughs> no, you cannot blame me oh, for that. Selective memory. <laughs> selective memory, exactly. Well, let's approach the yeah. Lord of Grace with confidence then, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Alluding to our reading today. We have a great reading for you today yes. from Hebrews uh, in this theme, Why uh, why we worship. And again, that's for the month of June. So today we're hearing from Hebrews uh, chapter 10, beginning at verse 19. And I don't know, should we mention anything? I guess we're not doing a study of Hebrews, but Hebrews is written by an anonymous Christian. It's not a Pauline. It's not written by Paul, we don't believe. Mm-hmm. Um, written by an anonymous Christian um, to... Um, Jew, other, an anonymous Jewish Christian writing to other Jewish Christians who uh, may have been considering going back to their beliefs and practices of the Hebrew religion. So, so this author is explaining why um, there's no going back because Christ is our uh, Savior now. And so um, we have some good verses related to that. 
Absolutely. And it's it's so huge again just to just to put a pin in it to say we cannot understand Jesus without understanding his roots in the Jewish tradition. Yep. It's so important. And that's really what Hebrews does is it takes all of the Jewish tradition, all of the scripture that we have, right, from Torah to the prophets, all of those things, and uses that as a lens to be able to see Jesus. Yep. It's really looking through the Old Testament to see who he is, right? Yes. To show more of who he is um, because Jesus, you know, for Christians is the fulfillment of all of these promises that God yeah. has made to God's people. Uh, and that's where we also have to say so very clearly then that no Christian should be participating in anything that reeks of anti-Semitism. Right. Right. There's just full stop. Like we do not uh, look down on Jewish tradition. We don't look down on Jewish people. We don't look on down on Jewish current Jewish culture, uh, synagogues, teachings, things like that. That's anathema in the Christian tradition. Right. And yet we're seeing that on the rise, yeah. uh, whether that is uh, synagogues being damaged or even our brothers and sisters who are Muslim seeing across the Twin Cities right now, this kind of spate of damages to mosques. Anything yeah. like that, that is not permitted in our Christian tradition. Right. And we have to say it out. I, it's strange. We have to yeah. like say things like this out loud. We don't do these things. Right. Like that's not what we're supposed to be doing. That's no. not following the way of Jesus or the love of God yep. in Christ. Um, but we have to make sure that we're clear because we don't want to be lumped in uh, feeling like, oh, well, all Christians, they're the ones that are damaging or talking you know, poorly about our brothers and sisters and friends. That's just not what we do. No. Uh, that's just not what we do. No. And, and today we're hearing about um, encouraging one another. Correct. Um, and and also I, a thought came to mind when you were talking about like anti-Semitism as Christians. And Hebrews is a is a great um, example of this. You know, he's this this author is very knowledgeable about the Old Testament. This is a again a Jewish Christian, um, and it's just a reminder: our roots as Christians, we are grafted <laughs> by. Uh, the salvation of Jesus Christ. We are grafted to uh, the Jewish faith, so that's where our, you know, as Christians, um, our Savior has come through uh, the Jewish faith, and that's really what Hebrews does a lot of laying that out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It was so striking um, when I was down to school at Gustavus. Um, if you know the author Eli Wiesel, yeah, he came in. Not personally, but well, I'm surprised you don't have him. He's not alive anymore. But anyway, he came and spoke at Mankato uh, at MSU oh, wow. Mankato, and it was he filled like their entire like stadium. Right, space. right. It was incredible to hear this man speak. But again, you know, he talked about you know the way that all people of faith should look at the life. Uh, of how we treat one another through the lens of their faith traditions, right? And as Christians, we look through the lens of Jesus to be able to see how we should treat one another. And it's so easy to get off track from that. But maybe that's what the corrective that Hebrews is trying to offer us is when we feel maybe like we're disconnected or where we're feeling, um, you know, not uh, not feeling very connected to our faith community or not feeling very connected to one another. Hebrews offers us some incredible promises from God. Uh and uh, one just interesting little bit is that uh, Pastor Craig Kester, he teaches up at Luther Seminary. He has done some wonderful studies on Hebrews. And, and, and what this text we're about to read from is basically the very end of a long section that's inviting us into God's presence, into the sanctuary. And so this is the invitation part, right, that we're about to be hearing now. That so is could I, excellent. Can I read that Yes, first? please lay it on us, Kevin. This is, this, <laughs> that was a great introduction. Okay. 
let's hop in the boat. Here we go. <laughs> so this is Hebrews chapter 10, starting at verse 19. So the invitation is this. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. Dang, that's good. Amen. Woo! Okay. I got distracted there. Going back. 24. And let us consider how to provoke. <laughs> yep. Provoke one another to love and good deeds. Okay, you're going to have to explain that one to me. Provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, mm -hmm. as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There it is. Yes. Do you want to jump right back to provoke? Yeah. What? <laughs> I read <laughs> it's a great that word. Like, well, sometimes, I don't know. What does that look like? What does that mean when we're provoking My one kids? Another? Like, yeah. <laughs> leaving laundry all over? <laughs> provoke it, them? It does provoke me. I don't know. It doesn't seem to bother them one bit. They don't care. I don't know. What do you think that means? Provoke. Let us um, consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. Mm -hmm. um, that's a good question. Uh, I wish Pastor Megan could tell us what that means in <laughs> Hebrew. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that you know the question again of our theme is why um, why why do we worship? And I think um, well. I guess I'll go with this direction on it. Um, one of the main reasons that we must gather is we can't do this on our own. Right. Uh, we need other Christians to yep. be reminding us of the promise, preaching it, because it literally, we, we believe that it literally has to be proclaimed into our ears for it to provoke us, to stir up our faith, for the spirit to move us, mm -hmm. um, it's it's by hearing the gospel, hearing the good news for you that you are sort of refueled and inspired again, uh, inspired uh, meaning the spirit, you know, blowing through you. So I think for me, the provoking one another is that it's coming to worship, hearing the gospel, encouraging one another over a cup of coffee, um, or you know, as we share the peace right away together at worship. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, isn't it interesting that word to provoke, you know, I mean, we, we need to hear that. You're exactly right. And it's so funny because whether it's a song or whether it's a handshake, we don't know what is going to provoke someone. So when you show up, you might be the, actually the answer to somebody's prayer yeah. because they came to worship empty and feeling like, I hope somebody cares enough about me to just reach out a hand. Yeah. I mean, truly, if you think about it, especially I think about our elders too, but just about anybody, this might be the only time that they've actually had someone physically touch them, like yeah. shaking a hand or something like mm -hmm. that in a, in a full week. Because if you live alone or your experience of life is very much insular, mm -hmm. I mean, that can be a really a powerful, yep. a powerful thing. And I'll be honest too, that there's times 
when I've sat and like maybe Pastor Eric is reading the gospel that I'm about to preach on and I'm like, oh, that's what the gospel is saying. <laughs> and I'm like, my sermon has nothing to do with that. But you but that's the point, yeah. right? Is that you hear things yep. that are unexpected. Yep. But it happens in the context of the community that yep. you're in. This is how God chooses to work among his people right. is through other people. Uh, it's from, you know, um, one of my professors, Dr. Nesting, and always talked about, Dr. Jim Nesting would always talk about um, that this comes, um, the good news comes on the lips of a sinner to the ears of another sinner. That's how God chooses to work. Oh, wow. what a That's a powerful word, right? Because it, then it's not so much about putting somebody up on a pedestal, yeah. you know, saying like, well, they're the pastor, they must know. And it's like, well, pastors are always learners. That's really what I wish people would say. They're, they're the people that we've asked to go to the text for the week yeah. and bring forth that word, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to ensure that the gospel is being proclaimed. Exactly. Because if because that must happen when we gather. That's the whole reason we gather. And the whole, you know, liturgy does that. Like you mentioned, the songs... The prayers, the readings, you know, um, the creeds, everything is completely based in Scripture. It's the Word of God being spoken, and that provokes us to good deeds, to love one another, and to do good deeds. I wonder then, maybe as you're thinking, as you're listening to this, is what could you consider as something to provoke someone else to know that they're loved by God? Not that they're wrong, which I think, unfortunately, Christians and others have a rap for right now is to try to figure out, well, I'm trying to poke holes in your logic or poke holes in your proclamation, your understanding of God's love in the world. Mm -hmm. That's not the point. The point is, right, that we're here to provoke one another to what? What's the point of it? Mm -hmm. It's to love and good deeds. Mm -hmm. How do we get this messed up so much? Yeah. The whole point is not about to point out that you're wrong. (laughs) The point is that we're here to create more love, to add more light to the world. Um, You know, we love celebrating baptisms here in the last couple of weeks. And every time a child or an adult is baptized in this church, it's adding more light to the world. That's a, you know, that's an important thing. Yes. Love and good deeds. Yeah. (laughs) And the next verse there too is equally helpful. Not neglecting to meet together Mm -hmm. as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. All the more as you see the day approaching. And I wrote a little note to myself about that um, as a simple answer to the why that we're considering during this theme. Why why worship? Why do we worship? And I wrote this. Since Christ has saved us once and for all, we are forgiven and free. Hmm. Let's gather, celebrate that good news, and encourage one another. Exactly. To me, that's what this passage is encouraging today. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an important piece is to know that we're here to encourage one another. We're here to lift one another up. I think our staff might actually have a spiritual gift of encouragement, Hmm. you know, to be able to say that, hey, you know, we do need to be lifted up at times. And I don't think there's anything wrong with asking to be encouraged too, right? Yeah. I mean, just to say, hey, I actually could use an encouraging word today. I could use some help today. Um, That's kind of, you know, part of it. Uh, I think, you know, that that really sparks something for me that uh, um, that's another reason to come here because um, this is where you will be encouraged. It's a promise. You know, Um, the beginning of the reading talks about the promise of God, that the reason we gather and the reason that um, that we're encouraged is because of what God has done for us in Christ. Christ is our savior and once and for all. You know, in the verses before our reading today, especially is laying that on. If you want to read a little 
ahead or go backwards a little and read what led to these verses. But uh, the author's laying that out, that this has been done once and for all. And so we can have confidence to enter the sanctuary and know that when you come here, you will encounter God. It's a promise. God promises to meet us here. So you can, be, you can be certain if you need encouragement and you're, you know, like sometime while you're talking to it's, it's, it's spring and the plants are blooming, but we know that there comes a point during the summer where it gets very dry. The rain is few and far between the plants start to wilt mm-hmm. and just that shot of water will bring them back. And that's what happens here at church. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling dry, dry and, and tired and wilted, you come here and for, you know, maybe you need Maybe you need more than just one shot of water. <laughs> come a couple weeks. Come a couple weeks. Come for a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know you will encounter God here. Exactly. I think that regular rhythm is really important too. You know, I think that you know our rhythms changed a lot during the pandemic, and they sometimes change during the summer. But regardless, it's important to make that connection. It's important to 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 make that thing. I love the end of uh, verse 25, too, where it kind of goes, and all the more, as you see the day approaching, capital D, big day, Jesus Mm. return day. You know, there was a- That's the Jesus return day, huh? Okay. (laughs) There was, um, there used to be a part of the liturgy, and I don't remember if, um, I don't know if people, do people know about your family history, that your generational- I don't know. Some people. Juice inside of you. What's that? <laughs> How does that work? You know, seriously, tell people. Yeah. That's a great story. Uh, just, well, that, that, uh, I have, uh, yeah, you could say I'm the fourth generation of Lutheran preachers in the United States. That blew my mind when you yeah. showed that at new members. I was like, what? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. My dad's a pastor. Two of his uncles were pastors and their dad, my great grandpa, uh, was a lay preacher at uh, their church out in Western North Dakota. He came to Augsburg College and got some training, and um, and then went went back out to Western North Dakota to the homestead, mm-hmm. and was was a, a lay preacher. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, just to have that as part of your family tradition. Yeah, history, that's yeah. really neat. Um, the whole point of that was that there was a time in the Lutheran liturgy where I can't remember even where it fits. Maybe you remember where some prayer ended world without end. Mm, yeah. This? I, I was trying yes, to remember where this world was. world without end. But that's mm-hmm. the kind of the promise that. That's a quote of scriptures too. Right. Mm-hmm. At some level, like, I feel like that's connecting to the end of this verse here in mm-hmm. 25 that, you know, there's, there's, there's a longer piece that we're a part of. And to be a part of worship means that we're part of a, uh, something that's been going on long before us and long after us. Yes. And have been held together with the people of God. Um, I mean, that's that's why personally, like, I love old houses and I love old mm-hmm. buildings and I love going into, you know, small towns and seeing, like, what's what's stuck yeah. around after yes. all this time. Yeah. And, and to me, that's what we'd also say about the Word of God. That's yep. what's stuck around. Yeah. Right? I mean, the songs change. The, the, the liturgy might change. Yep. But God's promises are what stand forever. Yes. And that those words then become such an encouragement to say, I can build my life around this. I can use this as a lens for my life to be able to look and say, the choices that I'm making, right, they can be used through these things. And why? Because we have a confession. We know that we have been forgiven. We know that, what does it say, that our bodies have been washed with pure water. That's the yeah. baptism of mm-hmm. peace, right? I can go back to my baptism every single day yes. and trust the promises are good. Yes. We are part of something much larger than ourselves. Exactly. Yes. Which 
makes me wonder you you have your Bible from well, years ago. There. Yeah, I got this like. Did you have a, a red covered one? I want to see your one from. No, yeah, I have a <laughs> the solid gold covered. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, what's the translation? I can't remember. Did you just say solid? Gold? Solid gold. Darn, the living. What kind of church was it? Was the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they gave me a golden Bible. That's right. That's impressive. So I just have a Bible inside. It says to Kevin Bergeson from St. Stephen's Lutheran Church, West St. Paul, October 9th, 1988. Woo. Yeah. 88. Your word is a lamp to guide me and a light for my path. Psalm 119, verse 105. You There's know, a connection to the past yeah absolutely it's a connection to the past it's also a connection to the word and yet i don't use this bible as my regular study bible today right it's gonna fall apart Mm -hmm. (laughs) and when it is and the encouragement is is that if you need a bible that's actually helpful for you today as a follower of jesus we would love to put one in your hands and to help you find one um, because bibles um, really whether it's digital or print uh, have come a long way in their aiding and their helping people to understand some of the scripture, like these words from Hebrews. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing that, and thank you for tuning in with us today. Uh, Kevin, Pastor Kevin and I would love to keep talking, but I can see that we're nearing the end of our time, and Ooh. you uh, need to finish your walk or listen to the birds out on the patio, wherever you may be. So uh, we will uh, pause in our uh, discussion here today. And just remind you that this is the Carry On Cast, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry carry on. on the work of Jesus Christ. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you.